Well, you know what, Ross? I think we'll just start the show. How about that? Why not? Okay. I'm Shelley Palmer. I'm Ross Martin. And you're listening and uh, watching. Think about this. You can't say you're listening. You have to listen to. Oh. But then you're watching too. See, we always have this problem. Yeah. I'm Shelley Palmer. You're Ross Martin. That's what's happening so far, right? Then people are listening to. Damn. And, wa and what are they doing next? They're watching. I was an English professor and I can't get this right. I right, gotta take away my degree. No, no, you try. Okay. I'm Ross okay. Martin. I'm Shelly Palmer. And you're listening to and watching. Think about this. The more you listen and watch, the, the more you listen you know. to and watch, <laughs> the less you know. Fine. Shelly, how are you? I am as good as I'm ever gonna be here at okay, Exile. Well, we're back in our libraries. We are, I like one, your library. My fake one. Yeah, yeah. What I noticed for the first time is there's a fan. Did you see the fan? What is that fan? Is that a fan? Wow, it is. <laughs> Why is there a fan? In Dumbledore okay. Library. It's amazing. So um, just for those of you who are only listening in audio, I am in, in a, a library in my house in Connecticut that's not really a library. It's a small room that I have decorated to look like a library. It has no windows and no doors. I'm just locked in here. <laughs> it's like playing Dungeons and Dragons. Ross decided in empathy with me that he would put uh, a picture of a, a magnificent library in, I think, Stockholm, you said? It's in Stockholm. Yeah, yes. spectacular is his Zoom background, which- But there is one Easter egg in this room that if you're not watching, you can't <laughs> well, see it, but it is, uh, I've nicknamed this Chrissy Teigen because it's our number one fan. <laughs> oh. And so this is our fan, a fake fan in my fake background. In your and fake background, in your fake library. Yeah, so look, Ross, I'm still here in exile and the world is still upside down, but I am watching a lot of television. In fact, I'm watching so much television. Television, the platform, I'm sorry, television, the art form, not the platform. I'm watching an <laughs> awful lot of Disney Plus, which I've completely used up, Marvel comic, Marvel stuff canonically in order. We did that for a Are you just saying years. television because it's too hard to say premium video, long form content? I'm, I'm saying television because I'm old and, and I'm a TV baby and I used to like the act of watching television. Uh -huh. You grab a remote, a salty snack when I was old enough, an adult frosty beverage, even when I wasn't old enough, an adult frosty beverage, you lay on the couch and you watch TV to watch TV, the sociology. Now I don't do that anymore. Now I am watching television, the art form, which is all video as opposed to television, the platform, which is, you know, antennas and cables that come, right? <laughs> whole different thing. But I've completely used up the internet. Like, I'm sure you have too. I, I've watched all of Netflix that I could possibly deal with. Not everything yeah. on Netflix, everything that's, you know, I would want to watch. You've reached everything the end of the internet. That's basically Pretty what you Pretty much, I've reached the, well, certainly. Yeah. However, life has changed. We have gone from a one-to-many world to a many-to-many -many world to a viral world. And now we have, instead of 200 channels of television, there's a million or two million personal experiences to be had. So we've gone from the age of mass communication to the age of personal experience. And this transition, people have gone kicking and screaming. <laughs> That's true. And there are those who look at Amazon Prime, look at Facebook video, look at Netflix, look at uh, Comcast, NBCU's cable offering, look at Xfinity, look at Roku and Apple TV Plus and Apple TV and would call them all either television or video and lump them into a thing. These are 
completely separate video uh, businesses. And the only thing that makes them even slightly related to one another is that they're using video as a communications tool. Other than that, nothing, nothing about them is the same. And you look at TikTok, where the government's thinking of banning TikTok, and it's a small video service. Is it? Or is it data collection? I don't know. But what it does is it provides a user experience, a personal experience that people really seek right now. And so as you transition from a passive world of watching TV to a very active world that may have some passive parts to it of experiencing your content, this transition is really, really hard. And we're very lucky today because we've got the person who is in the center of this transition. And she has done nothing but brilliant work in not only understanding it and personally experiencing it, but driving the industry to change for it. So let's bring her out, Linda Yaccarino, the chairman of advertising and partnerships for NBC Universal. Linda, you are the most important person in the television business. I cannot thank you enough for joining us today on Think About This. So what's new? Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's quite an honor. And thank you for that much overrated compliment. I choose to believe you don't say that to everyone who starts, but thank you so much. It really is exciting to be here. And I think the question might be what's old because everything is new now and excited to to talk about uh, so many things with you both. So excited well, let's about- let's get right into it. The whole world has changed and you had this really interesting op-ed the other day. And when you, and you said, and it's one of my favorite quotes ever, when everything is at stake, all of us are stakeholders. In this new world that we're living in, and, and we're staring down things together as a world, as a country, as, as citizens, as townmates. Um, you're thinking about the health crisis we're staring down and fighting together, and you think about the social crisis that we're staring down and fighting together. And I don't think there's anyone I know or that you guys know in all of our circles that disagree that we're all in this together. So if we're all stakeholders together, I, we believe really strongly that we can create this new world that we want to live in together. You know, it's, it was maybe a little uh, uh, fortuitous or, or certainly a little future telling that, that about 18 months ago, if you remember, over 180 CEOs signed a document and committed together and wrote a letter communicating that collectively we had a bigger responsibilities to our community, to our um, bottom lines, but we had a bigger responsibility to our communities to deliver more than those strategic business priorities. And that's what they were talking about now, what we're facing that we could have never predicted. Together, we can accelerate that change. So you have been at the forefront of this kind of work since I've been in the industry. So you have been um, leading not just the companies you work for, but the industry itself. Uh, and when you come out and make these um, statements, um, you give keynote speeches, you write powerful op-eds, people listen and things change. 
what what happens now inside NBC Universal itself? If we can rewind a little bit, um, and it actually gives us at NBCU or my team uh, a lot of courage and conviction, uh, when. When I, when I joined NBCU a little over eight years ago, and we set out to transform our company and make it easier for marketers to do business with us, uh, that's what our, our simple goal was at the time. But what happened was we ended up influencing and changing the industry in the process. And for the better, as other media companies uh, uh, coalesced or partnered with us for a new structure and new, new um, trading practices, it, it, we really feel what's next is that there's such a unique opportunity for the marketing industry to come together and help jumpstart this economy, that's what's next for us. So if we, if marketing does what it does best and every single company can contribute and, and what we do best is create demand, right? So if we create demand, then people buy products and they buy products which create sales. Sales creates jobs. And those jobs together can help firm up the ground beneath us, sustain families, and get us back to this new world that we all want to live in and participate strongly and have an economy that's back on track. And that's what's next for us at NBC Universal. So, so part of that, obviously, which I'd love to talk about, is our diversity and inclusion efforts. That's a real meaningful contributor to all of that. But also to activate all of our assets that have the ability to mobilize people to action, we're going to put them to good work. How is she not running for office? Like what is That's the next episode we're talking about? That's the next one. So Linda, I want to talk about diversity and inclusion, but just to follow up, so much has changed and it's tragic in many ways, but it's also empowering in others because from this change can come real change. And I saw that the whole industry was saying, hey, let's move the upfronts, you know, and let's go on a calendar year. And your pushback was, guys, that's great. We have an opportunity to just change the way we do stuff. Transformation doesn't mean like, oh, let's put this off six months. Like, let's actually transform. And that, to me, when Ross talks about your leadership, I know you don't like to be, you know, called out as somebody who really changes worlds, but that is a world-changing concept. Like, how do we transform the way television business, the way the advertising business, the way the communication business is going to be done? It goes back to your original question, actually, as related to the op-ed which is um, uh, uh, we're all stakeholders. Uh, and the reason I responded to the time change, which is fine and all good, as, as a company that sells stuff, uh, will sell you stuff whenever you want to buy stuff. You know, check the box, got that. But quite frankly, to your point, the stakes are too high to only focus on a, a date in a calendar for, to continue trading, uh, media buying, selling relationship the way we've done it truly for the last 62 years. Um, so we want to make aggressive efforts uh, for change that builds an open marketplace and evens the playing field for everybody. And that requires a, a, a reaction 
to the deep foundational and structural changes that we've been through as people, as a country, but as businesses, as we all look at new strategic priorities, new ways to get to consumers in this world where there's direct communication. And quite frankly, changing a date or continuing the way we do things just ain't cutting it. So there's so many more important things that we have to focus on in addition to a date that we're gonna commence business. In our everyday lives, uh, yesterday is not like the day before, and we get dreamy when we think about three, four, five months ago. So if we as a marketing industry, that what we all, I think, agree to at the beginning of this call, have the power to influence an economy, if we keep grading ourselves by an old report card, we're only gonna make incremental change. And now is not the time for incremental change. I, I couldn't agree more. And as you know from listening to the show, I, like I'm a broken record on these issues. Shelly lets me do it, but all I do is sit here and talk about how, you know, leading media companies develop the tool sets for us to actually achieve more of the vision that you're laying out. You invest hundreds of millions of dollars in building advanced advertising tools and capabilities, and then you watch as agencies don't understand how to take advantage of them. I'm not gonna put, well, I kinda am putting her on the spot. Shelly's like, don't go there again. Every episode I do it, we had Dave Kenny here from Nielsen, same question. And it's like, you continue to lead the world and, all, and it's like the agencies that buy from you are taking so long to catch up and you know it. You can't throw them under the bus because they're your clients but you know it. And the smile tells you everything. Look at that. There it is. She can't say it. No, no, I'm going to say something because I've never been short, um, short on responses or short on words. So you're right. I'll start and cover and say, you know, we have invested hundreds of millions of dollars in technology and data capabilities um, to provide clients, whether it's agencies or marketers directly, great opportunities or, or launch pads for transformation. You're right. Do, do I wish, does NBC you wish the market would have made more progress? Yes, but I am obviously head cheerleader for the industry and NBCU by, by, by default of that. But I am more optimistic now than ever before because these moments that we're living in give us permission to throw out the old playbook, rewrite a new one. Yes, am I constantly nudging to move what's next? And it's the responsibility of the agencies and the marketers to embrace the real KPIs they're looking for uh, to move the business. But most importantly, what I, I feel like, you know, we take our responsibility of leadership so seriously at, at NBCU. The frustrating thing is, you know, you mentioned hundreds of million dollars of investment in technology and data. Yes, true. When people talk about the investment in, in uh, content that other companies, maybe like a Netflix or Amazon, make in the 30 billion, 40 billion, whatever the billions of numbers total that they have, or 8 billion a year, NBC Universal exceeds that number every year, 30 billion plus that we invest and we pump out like a gigantic machine every single day in terms of that content, the difference you know, versus some of the tech platforms in an ad ecosystem, 
is that there's no value trade-off, right? So I'm trying to bring uh, uh, content, technology, data, distribution all together in one big opportunity, and that requires massive change. But change is hard, and, and it requires some courage. So I'm, I'm going to continue pushing. So you had the courage. You've built something very meaningful, and Peacock is about to be born for the whole world to see. Tell us about it. Why are you so psyched? Why should we be so psyched? Well, okay. Well, I know you would say, and you're going to laugh at this, or Shelly might fall off his chair. Um, but while I know like tr the way we think about it, certainly the way as what I call the birth mother of Peacock, um, while transformation uh, or the future of advertising doesn't really have a specific date, I would say July 15th would be, if you had to call it, the official date of the future of advertising because Peacock actually is the manifestation of everything that we're talking about today. And here's why I'm so optimistic. The great news is, you know, we set out to, to find 10 partners who shared the collective vision of that future or were willing to write an empty playbook with us as it pertains to everything. Uh, uh, whether the most important thing was commercial innovation because commercialization looks nothing like it does anywhere else. And also the, the trading practice or business agreement. We, we partnered with 10 very specifically chosen uh, uh, advertisers that shared that vision with us and were re ready to grab arms with us and jump both feet into the future. And that's what we're so excited about for Peacock, in addition to a treasure trove of content like no other. So that's what's exciting about the launch of Peacock. So you woke up this morning and the first thing you did was watch what? What did you watch this morning? First thing. I don't know who's whispering in your ear. Who is you? You are connected. Um, the first thing I did this morning was um, watch a soon-to-be final. I can't believe you're asking this. The soon-to-be final cut of the one more hashtag one more thirty rock um, that is going to air. And not only did I feel like old friends were coming over socially distancing, of course, of course. Um, visiting me in my living room. But um, what it really uh, demonstrates is, from an entertainment perspective, a spectacular uh, new, new age of must-see TV, but brilliant writing in a context of the moments that we're living in, but also a complete disruption of what an upfront event would have looked like. And think about the innovation. Think about what it will be is a simultaneous communication to marketers and viewers alike. And unlike anybody else could ever have thought of was a, the ultimate direct-to-consumer relationship. It says, here's our new shows. What do you think? And when you're able to, to um, share that idea or notion with people like Tina Fey, Robert Carlock, Alec Baldwin, Tracy Morgan, what you come out with is just sheer comedic brilliance. And I, love and it. I, I think for certainly for me, uh, uh, will be a career of a lifetime experience that I feel very fortunate about. 
That's fantastic. Wow. Linda, I, I have a question. You, you don't need to answer this, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Facebook is in the gun sites right now of Stop Hate for Profit. They are, all social media is considered not brand safe. YouTube went through this for a while. They're still dealing with it. TV, writ large, all TV, not your TV only, but all TV is generally very brand safe. It may be opinionated, but it's generally very brand safe. And that is a strength and a weakness, and it has always been. With TV viewership at an all-time high and business being more challenging than it's been in anyone's lifetime right now, this is sort of like uh, the universe giveth, the universe taketh away. You've got all these people watching. You've got people who want to reach these people, and yet they're economically challenged. You've got a lot of social and diversity issues and a lot of awareness that needs to be raised about a lot of systemic problems. TV is amazing at that. Tell me, how, where, where are you thinking about, as from your position, not necessarily the whole company, but as the chairman of the sales group and, and being responsible for every aspect of the way that NBC brings, NBCU brings revenue to the house, um, talk to me about the way you're looking at diversity, inclusion, brand safety, like put this in a big package for me because it can't be taken in little pieces. It is holistically got to be a, a, a philosophical change at NBC. And how are you thinking about it? So we're thinking about all of those things. And again, I, I'll use a phrase I use all the time. Uh, we take our responsibility of leadership in the marketplace very, very seriously. And, and all of those things that you've mentioned that I think are all simultaneously important, uh, uh, whether it is the brand safety issue that at our company, quite frankly, I think that it's, it's almost not generally, it's 100% brand safe. Those are table stakes in the TV business. It's table stakes. People ask me, how do you deal with brand safety? And I'm like, I kind of don't because we don't have to, right? So you always know as a marketer uh, where your spots, your messages are airing. There's no question. You have no, there are no surprises, no aha. You know where you're going. And that's one of the beautiful things about Peacock as compared to other streaming platforms. You know where your messages are running. So brand safety. Then you go to diversity and inclusion, whether it's many, many programs uh, that have pre-existed of efforts to increase our efforts behind the camera or in front of the camera. It's kind of all a layered impact of having almost a century of learnings at NBC. So if you think of our broadcast network, it's over 90 years old. So in the old days, people might refer to that and you might not wear that word legacy company as a badge of honor. We wear it as a badge of honor as our company because of our, our broadcast license, which is in essence an obligation to the American people. We have a responsibility of what we put on our air. So, so you bring up the technology platforms and the way, you know, and again, this is, this is, is me speaking about what's going on right now. I think it is really a, a, a maturation of those, those platforms realizing in the current uh, priorities of what's going on or the current voice of the people, um, things they have to deal with, they have to look at that responsibility a little differently and they're coming into or maturing into their own. Uh, but for our company, which I could speak confidently on, it's why we're allocating so much money to diversity inclusion efforts, but while we will continue to make content from as diverse programs as po uh, diverse uh, 
content makers and developers as possible while you will see uh, people in front of our cameras, whether it's scripted or news or reality that reflect the American population. In addition to what we didn't get a chance to talk about of what like I can really control at our company, which is our recruiting and hiring practices from blind resumes to return ships to many, many other programs that have to become part of our day-to-day -day rituals that just is intentional, that we're intentional all day, every day to improve that. And that is part of what, you know, I think coming out of the other side of this, that we have materially, uh, material opportunities to come back and if you invite me back, come back and say, here's what we changed. Here's where we were when I came uh, to see you uh, in mid-July of 2020. And here's what we accomplished since then. I, Shelly, I, that's a I, drop the mic moment for me. No, I, I have a series of, we, we rarely do this, Linda, but I have a few rapid fire questions to throw at you. Oh, awesome. Oh, okay. oh the Ross rapid fire question. And they've and all been- firing round. I'm they've all fire. been inspired by everything you've said today, except for one question, which I'll revert, I'll, I'll leave till the end, which was has nothing to do with what you've talked about today. Okay. So, okay. Uh, I'll start with an easy one. Competitor, and you can define it any way you want, in any industry, anything. Competitor you most admire. Oh, wow. Competitor. Oh, goodness. Competitor I most admire. Your press, uh, team, your press team is killing Apple. 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 Good. Okay. I like that. Good. Favorite Kardashian. Oh, you don't really know me that long and that well. Kim. I love them all, but Kim. Uh, I'm going to say Courtney because she's the hardest to know. So I was going to say Chloe, Chloe but it's just pretty damn great. And I can't wait 10 years from now to watch North, but that's a whole nother. Um, it's an old, whole nother series. Difference between this generation of business leaders and the next one. Empathy. Meaning the next generation has the empathy. Hey, hey, this is rapid fire, but I can't wait. I can't wait to hear what the rationale is for that. That's awesome. Right. Well, let her say what her what is. What is You're breaking your own rules, Ross. Okay, so no, no. What you okay, fine. Five. Next, next question. Next question. Um, which cabinet position would you accept in the ne next administration? Oh wow! Oh my God! I I love this question. Um, chief of staff. I'm going. That's I. No, I think you can. I'm going. You want me to go? You want me to go? Well, FTC chair, like FCC oh, no, chair, no, secretary no. of the treasury. No, let me tell you. I want global influence. Fine, so State let's Department. Not, let's not stop at that. Oh, Secretary so State. This is this is Linda for I'm Secretary of State. Secretary I'm a State. negotiator. I'm a solutions provider. Secretary of State. So Secretary let's State. go, Secretary of or, State. Or or ambassador to the United Nations. That could that could be good. It, that could be good, but I I really think I could have I, I could make a lot more progress and fix a whole lot of stuff that's broken right now. So let's let's stick with the first one. 
Okay, last question for me on my and rapid if there's fire. nothing else left with the new administration, I think ambassador to Italy, I would be pretty happy. Okay, so that, that would be my I would love that too. You're gonna have okay. to fight me for that one. <laughs> <laughs> so last rapid fire question for me. What keeps you at NBC Universal? Nice, Ross. I I think it's such a fantastic question. Um, first of all, I just want to, on record, I don't think you know this, but if you count my internship in college, my current role makes my fourth job at NBC Universal. So my affection and love of the brands, um, I would have to say what keeps me at NBC Universal is while uh, having such scale and influence uh, in a marketplace, uh, uh, would make you think that I have a, uh, uh, a job at a big old legacy company, but the drive for innovation at change at our company and the fact that they give me a long leash to be able to do that is exactly what keeps me there. I love it. It's the truth. Whew. Another job. Shelly, I'm, 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 I'm allowed to ask you guys a question? Sure. Okay, so my question is, or it's actually a request, if you're in the market and you're looking for a third host or a fill-in, you know when Shelly's <laughs> off doing his global fancy things that he does and hobnobbing yes. these things, yes. um, you know where to reach me. It would be a little bit of a dream, but you know where to reach me, so I'll audition at another time. You, 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 you don't need to audition. You're better than both of us put together, to be fair. <laughs> I mean, it's just Thank you so much for coming right. on our show. Thank you. We love you. Uh, Thank yeah, you so um, much. It, it was a true honor to join the ranks of people who have spent time with you both. So thank, thank you, you very much. All right, Ross, the rapid fire questions blew my mind. Well done. I, you should have like maybe, I, I felt inadequate having just in the presence of your rapid fire questions, they were genius. Yeah, but you can't stump her. And by the way, like she also in response to one of those silly rapid fire questions gave one of the best answers we've ever had on our show. Yeah, she did. Empathy. What the, what the next generation of leaders will have that this generation does not. Empathy. I did not expect her to come up with that that quickly. You know, in, pra in practice, Ross, the, the idea that what a CEO needs to be now has so dramatically changed and will continue to evolve is pretty obvious in one respect and not obvious in another. I think all of us have our sort of ideological picture, an invariant picture of the charismatic CEO, male That's or female right. or whatever, that doesn't matter. It's just there's a, a way the person will carry themselves to, to lead an organization. And I'm not sure that all those characteristics uh, a are required or B are going to be as valuable going forward as they used to be. So that was really impressive to me. Well, everybody in this industry listens to Linda Yaccarino. For good reason. And many, if not most of them act. Um, and she, she's now embraced that responsibility, not just as a business leader, but as an empathetic business leader herself. Yes. Um, what she didn't talk very much about is how much she's doing inside NBC Universal itself um, to change the ratio, if you will, and to shift mindset and evolve the system uh, to 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 be more fair and equitable. Um, she's doing a lot. Uh, 
what we all see is the outside yeah. Linda Yaccarino, right? And how she challenges the whole industry and all of us to be better and do better. And I appreciate it. I'm, I'm really, I'm grateful that she came on our show. No, very, very happy to have her. And so, Ross, I have a question for you. Linda talked about technology as a given. The idea that, um, they, you know, this they're a tech company. Obviously, NBC is a tech company. Sorry, I'm going to say this again. Linda talked about innovation as a given, but it's not a given ever anywhere. There's continuous innovation, which I think is table stakes and a given. But what they do at NBCU is another level above that. They are trying every single day to, to just be on the edge of what they need to be on the edge of. That's really hard to do, especially with the economic pressures. And I'm not sure people think of old fashioned TV companies as innovation as innovators, but they have truly innovated. Peacock, I'm excited about. Um, you know, it's it's going to be a really interest not some originally I thought it was like just an answer to everything else that's going on in the world and they kind of had Xfinity and it wasn't really branded and it was more of a thing and Peacock was going to be something, you know, just like a sort of okay, Amazon's got a thing and Roku's out like but I, have you seen some of the Peacock stuff? Are you excited to see it? Uh, I'm very excited. I, I, I guess more macro, what excites me about NBC Universal, um, outside of all the talent and the content coming, uh, some of which you and I have, have seen in advance, is Linda herself, and there are other leaders at NBC Universal like this, um, Linda doesn't really play defense. And that's what's pretty unusual in, you know, not just for a, a legacy media company, but also for any company today, Linda's not playing defense. No. And almost every other business leader you and I talk to in our regular, regular everyday jobs has to play at least some, and most of them are playing mostly defense. Yeah. Linda doesn't do it. No. And that's what's exciting to me is that you just don't know, like, you know there's so much more she wants to do and they almost have to hold her back a little bit like, okay you know there's a cadence to the innovation like let's let's do this because you know she's sort of if you just let her go like th that place would be moving twice as fast yeah. uh but you know what I, I what i love about her spot right now in her career is she has all the confidence in the world and so she's she's actually speaking the truth and she's not afraid. Uh, and th that's just unusual right now. And it's exciting and it's inspiring to people who. I think know. that's a really great way to put it. She is she's going forth unafraid. She is speaking the truth. And I've always admired that about Linda because it's not new with her. But now she's one of the few who are out there actually speaking the truth. We were very lucky to have her. You've been listening to Think About This with Shelley Palmer and Ross Martin. You can subscribe to the audio podcast on Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeart, or wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. You can find our video episodes at thinkaboutthis.tv. You can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at thinkaboutthis, and you can learn more about us on the web at thinkaboutthis.fm. Thanks so much for listening. If you think you know less than you did before, just wait until our next episode.